Chappelle. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to usher in the new age of humanity, as we call it, homo spiritus, by practicing dancing with the one thing that we as individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try en masse. That one thing is the connection to the higher self part of our true self-anatomy that people call by various different names, and we encourage you to use your name for whatever that is for you. Our prime directive above all else is to make and constantly return to taught connection, the one thing connection, day in and day out, as our first step in dealing with life problems rather than viewing life problems as things we can solve separately from TOT. And in this episode, it's titled Facets of Forgiveness, what it is, what it isn't, and how to do it. And so we're going to be talking about forgiveness as we understand it versus forgiveness myths and fake forgiveness and things along those lines. And we'll be wrapping up with some specific um, proposals for you to experiment with up-leveling your relationship with forgiveness. Awesome. Yay. Happy yeah. to be here. <laughs> yeah. And we want to just start out by acknowledging that we realize that there is a spectrum of events that happen to us from small to great. So. A small thing might be someone didn't put their shopping cart back and it was in your way in the parking lot, you know, or something along those lines to the medium things like, you know, someone having lied to you or maybe a feeling of betrayal or some something along those lines to the bigger things uh, that that are that may take a lifetime to unpack and learn how to forgive. So it, it's just it's forgiveness. Uh, is practiced in the minor to the dramatic and the key is, is that we learn how to build that muscle because we've always needed it and we're I, I believe I think David uh, it's fair to say he does too that we're going to need it more and more as time you know continues to march on I would agree with that for sure and so another part of the framing for what we want to cover is just to acknowledge that of course as human beings we have desired and undesired life experiences. Uh, we have expected and unexpected life experiences. And in addition to having undesired life experiences, we even have at times unacceptable life experiences. And this all relates to our relationship with forgiveness that we're going to unpack in a couple of minutes. Yeah, and we, we're not trying to portray portray that we know why seemingly bad things happen to seemingly good people why any of these things happen in a, in a life that would require forgiveness in the first place but since they do uh, we would just like to share with you how we view it and and what some possible ways to go about releasing the pain through the process of forgiveness that we we all carry in varying varying degrees right so the first part of that you're going to do is uh, or lead off on is what forgiveness isn't in our opinion right so um i heard a long time ago that forgiveness is being able to give as before and um 
you know, that might be possible in some circumstances and it, and it might not, uh, it just depends on the situation. And so, uh, the other thing, am I talking about cliches here? Yeah. 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 The cliche that you were speaking. Yeah. It, you know, sometimes cliches can be maddening because it makes us feel, or I'll speak for myself, you know, it makes me feel like I can't possibly do it that way. So I might as well just throw my hands up and, and live with it kind of thing. And, um, you know, that's just not, cliches don't work. <laughs> so if you've ever heard cliches around forgiveness, just set them aside and, and be curious and inquire from your heart, you know, ask your heart to show you the way through something. And I think the first thing, speaking of the heart, that we would want to make sure to remember is that we, we give our own selves compassion as before, <laughs> like we, you know, it's hard to give ourselves compassion when we are living through something that's painful, but that's actually the time we need to give ourselves compassion the most. So not uh, many of us learn how to give ourselves compassion. So I'm not sure if the idea of being able to give ourselves compassion as before an event is even fair to talk about it that way. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, Activating compassion from our own heart is a personal medicine that helps us walk through something that needs to be forgiven. Right. And the thing that I want to add about the cliches is that there are, there are things that people have told me when I've been in the middle of dealing with uh, an unacceptable life situation that have fallen in one of two categories. One I call true but not useful, mm. and the other I call true but premature. Mm -hmm. And so when you're hearing seemingly wise and, and actually potentially wise um, comments or suggestions about forgiveness that are not a right match with where you are in the forgiveness process, you might just want to forgive them for being well-intended and not right-matched with where you are. So that's what I mean by true but not useful or true but premature. And um, the other thing that I want to add as well in terms of what forgiveness isn't is when Lori and I talk about forgiveness, we're not talking about letting someone get away with something unacceptable that they did. That's an issue that has to do with justice. Mm -hmm. And justice and forgiveness, even though they, they walk certain amounts of parallel paths, they are not the same thing. It is possible, in my experience, to reach forgiveness even before something that was unjust is ever corrected. And forgiveness is not about making something that was unjust okay. Right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I think the human mind, the head, really wants justice, which is understandable. But the heart really wants more the forgiveness piece because that's a release, an internal release internal release for ourselves and sometimes we have to forgive and we may or may not ever even know if there's justice but we have to trust in the cycles of life and the laws of energy that justice uh, is always at play and so you know that's just something we may or may not get some people call that the law of karma yeah 
Yeah, the law of cause and effect. You yes. know, every every action has a, a, an equal or greater reaction. So sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, it, it will come around. And we also want to just make a note that forgiveness, forgiving someone for having done something heinous, let's say, you know, on the on the more dramatic side of the spectrum is actually not letting them off the hook. That's not forgiveness. So so um, letting someone off the hook isn't forgiveness because the, the deed happened. Uh, and it's important to uh, to just know that that's not what's going on when we're talking about forgiveness. What we're, when we're talking about forgive, forgiveness, and we'll get into this a little bit more, we're talking about how we navigate a seemingly unacceptable experience in our own mind, body, and life so that we are liberated, not held hostage by it. Beautifully said. And, you know, I already I already covered oh, the what we thought the next uh, comment was going to be, but I've already touched on that about forgiveness not being a substitute for justice. So keep going. Yeah, so, the, so I, I guess I could have said this when I just spoke, which is... Um, you know, forgiveness is not about strong arming ourselves or using a willpower or a, a choice, you know, where we say, okay, I'm just going to decide and I'm going to forgive this person and, and be done with it. You know, that it, that would be lovely if it worked that way, but it, it doesn't always work that way. It's, it's a process of releasing energy inside of ourselves that is toxic because of our, the, you know, the, the experience that we have as a result of what, what happened on behalf of someone else or a group or, you know, whatever we're feeling we need to forgive. As an example, I feel like I need to forgive Monsanto on the regular <laughs> for poisoning our soil and food. And I'm still in process with that. And it's been a number of years. So every time it comes up, I just do another layer of release why not because i think uh monsanto deserves to be let off the hook they don't that's a different justice piece but because i don't want to be so twisted with my with toxic toxic um judgment and anger about how how they have behaved on the planet and harmed multiple hundreds of thousands millions of people indeed for sure and so the last thing that we want to mention about what anger isn't uh, anger forgiveness isn't uh, i'm going to talk about anger what uh, what forgiveness isn't before we move on to what laurie and i view anger uh, forgiveness as being uh, i is is about a form of anger and so one of my areas of deep dive training and experience and expertise is in completing unresolved anger, which is very, very different from anger management. And there are four flavors that anger comes in. Anger is not a, a, a monotone kind of thing. It's, it comes in four very distinctly different flavors. And the one that's connected to unforgiveness is a form of anger that's referred to as looping or recycling anger. It just keeps coming up over and over and over again uh, in response to current situations that remind us of unresolved prior situations or in response to things like what Lori was uh, was just saying about uh, where there's uh, repeated abuse, repeated offense. It's, just, it's continuing to go on. And what looping anger shows up as is vengeance, as, as, a, as a desire to have revenge 
or as a desire to make the other person, the offending party, the party that we're not wanting to forgive, change or see the light or hurt or apologize before we will let ourselves feel whole and complete. Mm -hmm. So looping anger is a very, very blustery um, and self-righteous form of non-forgiveness. And it's, it's a way of avoiding forgiveness. It's a way, and the reason, and I really want to convey this hopefully effectively, the whole idea about this anger and non-forgiveness is that when I hold on to a grievance, which is a form of non-forgiveness, when I hold on to a, a grievance because I'm not going to let the grievance go, I'm not going to return myself to wholeness and completeness and love until something or someone else who's not going to change, who's not going to see the light, who's not going to apologize, changes first. What I am doing in the name of non-forgiveness is self-victimization. And forgiveness is actually emerging from being a victim. So it's not possible to be in this kind of looping, grievance-fed anger and reach forgiveness. So I, I just, I, did I do okay with naming that variety? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think, I think cool. most any listener, myself included, would would identify some places in our life where that has shown up. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more, uh, if we're ready, on more uh, along the lines of what forgiveness leans into more than not, right? So not what it is, because we don't know exactly 100%, but what we think it is. So another way of talking about releasing, we said a minute ago, it's releasing toxic energy out of ourselves. It's a it's a sense of compassion and healing in our own cells first. And, and so most everyone could relate to feeling a bit traumatized by, uh, by a, a, an act or an event that felt like it would bring up a grievance or, a, you know, a feeling of betrayal that anything that would need forgiving, not the shopping cart, you know, in the parking lot <laughs> of the grocery store per se, <laughs> you know, but there are a lot of people who would go home and be annoyed and tell anyone who would listen about how rude it is that people don't put their shopping carts back in the, in the, you know, lanes the way they're, the way they're supposed to. So that, that, you know, that's a little mini, it's, it's a way we talked about this in one of our previous episode episodes about suffering. It's one of the ways that we perpetuate suffering inside of ourselves. It's one of the, you know, on the further end of the spectrum, if we don't, if we refuse to forgive, it's one of the ways we use to terrorize ourselves from the inside out. And I know that might sound dramatic, but when we're unwilling to let go, you know, we're, we're signing on to an ongoing um, level of self-terror, right? So what what is indicated and this is what we think forgiveness is close to is healing the healing of trauma in oneself uh and you know you've probably been hearing 
about trauma for a, a little bit now, and you'll he be hearing about it more because we have so much trauma at the individual, at the familial, at the collective, you know, there's all these levels of trauma that we have been enduring for far too long. And it's all, it's all poised to be released. And it's our job, each one of our own jobs, to just release what comes up, to do the work of releasing and healing the trauma in our own selves. <laughs> and I really want to underline that because forgiveness is a result. Forgiveness comes from healing trauma. The, the notion that forgiveness is a choice is something that I have a fair amount of difficulty with, although the choice to arrive at forgiveness is a choice. But forgiveness sure. itself is a result. It's a result of healing the trauma. It's a result of, of healing in general, and, and trauma is, is a way to consider, especially the harder pieces, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I think that's a, a particularly important distinction. Right. Um, now, my favorite definition of forgiveness, and there are a lot of really good ones out there, and, and Lori and I are assuming that every one of uh, you who are, are watching or listening to this, uh, this episode uh, have your own definitions of forgiveness or you've heard some definitions that you really like. So the one I'm going to offer right now is not instead of those, it's in addition to those. And that is demonstrating in the present that I'm no longer harmed by the unacceptable that occurred in the past. In other words, I'm not going to do revisionist history. I'm not going to uh, tell myself a story that what happened in the past that was unjust or unfair or unacceptable is suddenly just fair and acceptable. I'm, I'm not going to forgive and forget. I am going to lose the emotional charge and I will remember the parts of what I need to remember in order to take the learnings of my soul growth and the learnings about love and learning about connection forward. So I don't want to forget everything. I, I just want uh, what, what the essence of forgiveness is for me is embodying, demonstrating in the here and now moment that I'm no longer harmed by the unacceptable that occurred in the past. Because when I am demonstrating that to me, not talking about proving anything to, to you, to someone else, when I'm demonstrating that to me, what I'm doing is I'm showing myself I am whole and complete, even though that experience happened. And maybe even because of some unexpected gifts, awful gifts is what I refer to them as, uh, that came out of the unacceptable. Yeah, beautiful. And if there aren't gifts that you have access to, that's okay. But the key is, and I'll say it a different way than David said Good. it, even though he said it eloquently and beautifully, is that we don't, we don't, we no longer carry a charge about the thing that happened. It doesn't twist us up inside. Precisely. And it might take for some things, it might take a little bit of time to get there, right? So, um, and you know, David's mentioned the word a couple of times. But ultimately, what forgiveness 
the result that we're looking for in the practice of forgiveness and the layers of forgiveness that may need to be uncovered for you know various different circumstances is we're looking for a reconciliation with our own wholeness and as a reminder we can't access our own wholeness without our connection to the one thing and and david also mentioned that happens in the present and that was an earlier you know core principle of of when we started this podcast we had some initial episodes that were core principles and one of the core principles is being present because it's really our connection to the one thing in the present moment even though we might be charged to the hilt and triggered to the hilt about something that we know need some kind of forgiveness, (laughs) some kind of releasing and healing. It can't happen without being connected to our the source of life, right? The one thing and in the present moment and then being shown breath by breath what it looks like to unravel the the tangle of something that needs to be forgiven. And, you know, we can do that any time and you know david said it a a moment ago we can still remember that we're whole even as we're working through a forgiveness piece even as something happened to us or for us that made us feel broken and wounded beyond repair we've talked about that in a past episode that makes it difficult for us to accept our own wholeness and that we're that we're actually you know not broken beyond repair so it's it's tricky and and it's why we are so sort of a, a broke like a broken record about how important it is to connect to the one thing so with that being said how to to practice the form of forgiveness that we you know we would offer you to consider and and weave in whatever other ways that you've learned along the way sometimes i have to take little pieces of one person's definition and little piece of another and make my own sentence about it that at where every word resonates where i can train and teach myself that this is how i i'm going to choose to be in a relationship with forgiveness until it changes if it does right so back to the very first thing is to connect to the one thing. And, you know, oftentimes I'll do that in a way where I am, if I am like um, feeling like I'm being pulled on in, into quicksand about a situation, I'll just, you know, ha- put on my hands on my heart, make my connection and just say, I'm kind of drowning here. I don't know where to go. I, I need help. I'm, I'm here in this present moment with this large charge. What's my next step? And, you know, when we ask for that kind of direction and wisdom from our higher guidance, we're never not given it. That's my experience. Mine too. Yes, thank you. Marvelous. Now, some people, when they haven't had a lot of experience with forgiveness, they will say to me, uh, well, I don't I don't know that I, I have anything to forgive or they they may have done a fair amount of forgiveness work around some very large incidents in their lives and they're thinking they don't have much to forgive the the thing that uh, in terms of how to do forgiveness you know we can't we can't heal what we can't see and so the doorway in if you're not certain that there uh, whether there's anything in you that's still needing forgiveness is be on the lookout give yourself a week to just track what grievances come up in you 
If you notice a grievance coming up, then you have something to forgive because the, the clue, the clue to needing for, to do forgiveness is grievances around situations, around other people, and or around ourselves. Yeah, beautiful. And speaking of ourselves, the first piece of forgiveness, no matter whether you think this is true or not, or uh, whether it was clearly another person's wrongdoing, and everybody agrees with you, <laughs> the first piece of forgiveness is really toward ourselves. One, for having endured a situation like that, for being a victim of a, a you know, of a wrongdoing, let's just say it that way, for how we have had to cope since that situation. And for some things, this has been a lifetime, maybe multiple lifetimes, but you know, sometimes it was only last week or last year or 10 years ago, or when we were, you know, what dad did when we were a child. Um, it doesn't matter. We've been coping with, with certain, um, levels of unacceptable behavior toward us for, for longer than we should. And then also forgiving ourselves for how those situations imprisoned us temporarily. We, we don't have to remain imprisoned or, or shackled by them, but uh, we can certainly forgive ourselves for the fact that there was a period of time where we were imprisoned by it. And often, not in every case, but sometimes just this level of forgiveness kind of takes care of the whole kit and caboodle. That was like, that's like the lesson is we all have to start with self-forgiveness. And, and sometimes things happen for us to get that. And so um, it, I'd be curious to know if, if you have a circumstance where that's, that's the case for you. And it seems like it's really all about someone else, but then you do this self-forgiveness thing and it, it actually dissipates the situation to where you no longer have a charge. Beautifully said. Another part of how to do it that we wanted to offer to you has to do, it's kind of a takeoff on, uh, on something from A Course in Miracles that says there's no order of difficulty in miracles. And, and for those of you who aren't, if you're not familiar with A Course in, in Miracles, in that uh, writing, in, that, uh, in those texts, those books, a miracle is not defined in the usual way. A miracle is defined as a shift in perception, mm -hmm. a shift in perception from fear to love. And uh, there, the, so what in the Course's terminology of a miracle, the course, a course in Miracles says there is no order of difficulty in miracles. Well, the same thing is true about forgiveness. There's no order of difficulty in forgiveness either, except in our own mind. Uh, whether a situation was um, unexpected or undesired or flat out unacceptable, everything is forgivable. Everything is forgivable if we are applying the principles of forgiveness that Lori and I are, are talking about right now, rather than perhaps some of the more cliched uh, versions of forgiveness. And so even though it it doesn't uh, always uh, or often feel like uh, there's there's uh, forgiveness possible with a heinously unacceptable situation. It's still available there as long as we remember that forgiveness is about restoring our own wholeness and completeness and connection with the one thing and with love. 
Mm -hmm. Anything that we tell ourselves is more powerful than our, our capacity to be connected with the one thing, with love, and with our own wholeness and completeness is a self-victimization message. It has nothing to do with how unacceptable the situation is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very well said. And another way of considering no order of difficulty and whether it's miracles or forgiveness, if we think about our connection to the one thing, and that's the source of life, there's no order of difficulty in creating a galaxy or sprouting a seed. It seems like, oh, well, sprouting a seed must be so much easier than creating a galaxy. And it's the same idea. It, there, it isn't any more difficult. It's, it's about intention and clarity on that which one wants to create into form. So, you know, that's maybe another way to see it. You can see your, uh, your heinous ones as a galaxy, which is kind of cool, cool way to think about it, sprinkle all kinds of cosmic life force onto it. And the, the hard part is that most humans, most of us, and myself included, are weak at forgiving. And, um, you know, I, it's so much easier to just be righteous and judgmental about the thing that the person did and live in that for a long time. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> that's, that's the easy part. The harder part is strengthening our forgiveness muscle. But it's a worthy uh, workout, if you will, because it, it, I don't know about you, but there seems to be, you know, no, no um, lack of material to practice forgiveness on. So <laughs> we get good at it by practicing it. And, you know, start with the small things and then move to the medium things and, you know, or whatever's present for you, small, medium or large, every any of those situations will help you build your forgiveness muscle. Yeah. And one thing that you can do to help build that forgiveness muscle, even though we're not in the takeaways section, I'm going to give you a, a just a little hint, a little, a little quick exercise you can do with yourself. <clears throat> if you're having difficulty opening yourself into a forgiveness process, into a process that's going to lead you into forgiveness. And it's it draws from the field of energy psychology. Uh, and you may not have heard that particular term, uh, you might have heard of tapping or acupoint tapping, or you might have heard of uh, EFT, emotional freedom techniques. Uh, EFT is the most well-known member of a large family of methods collectively called energy psychology. And in energy psychology, there is, among many other things, a particular uh, phenomenon that is called in energy psychology circles psychological reversal, but that's technobabble. And what it really basically means is an objection to getting over a problem. And so there's a very simple exercise you can do if you're having difficulty opening up into starting the process that will lead you to forgiveness. And there are a couple of places, uh, acupoints you can tap on, but the easiest one for me to show you is if you if you tap the side of your hand to the side of your hand, you're actually chopping, uh, tapping the karate chop point. This is the but, pinky side of your hand to the pinky side, other pinky side of your hand. That's exactly right. Uh, if you're in the, the world of traditional Chinese medicine, it's small intestine three, SI three. Um, but otherwise, just side of hand to side of hand, and you're tapping firmly, but not so hard that you're creating pain for yourself. And as you're tapping, you're going to be repeating a phrase. And the phrase is, even though, and then you fill in the blank with someone, someone's name. This uh, happened. 
right? Even though so-and-so doesn't deserve for me to be over my problem, or even though so-and-so doesn't deserve for me to reach forgiveness, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And if you repeat that while tapping this AccuPoint uh, three times, there's nothing magical about the number three in this case. The amount of time it takes to repeat a phrase like that three times is approximately in the amount of time we, uh, that the treatment needs to go on in order to produce a treatment effect. So any wording along those lines, even though, and then you are thinking, if you're saying it out loud or thinking it to yourself, that person's name doesn't deserve for me to be over my problem or to become whole and complete or to reach forgiveness, whatever you want to do with that part of the phrasing. Then, and then the final part of the phrase, uh, the, the sentence is, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Nice. And the treatment outcome would be a softening of your own resistance or unwillingness or objection to doing a forgiveness piece. Right. right. It's it's yeah. not instead of the forgiveness, it's what op uh, what if we need an opening, it opens the door so that we can then do the it, forgiveness piece. Right. It softens our resistance to doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Softens our resistance is a beautiful way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I thought of is one of the things I practice is I when I see something on, you know, that goes wrong, you know, or, or if if I was in that person's shoes, I would need to do a forgiveness piece. I practice forgiveness for those two people just in my own quiet mind at heart space. Nobody knows I'm doing this, but it helps me to feel into and to practice and build that muscle of forgiveness. Um, at, when I'm not the one involved, so that when I am the one involved, it's easier for me to feel into the, the you know, how it feels to do forgiveness. So another thing that you can do in, in the, uh, we're talking about how to do this forgiveness thing. One, one of the things you can do, and you've probably heard this before, but is to basically write a fuck you letter to the person or the situation that is that you feel harmed by and get it all out, you know, and you, it's best research shows it's best if you do this longhand on a piece of paper. There are different uh, neural pathways that get engaged when we write by hand and um, and this just moves the victim energy out. This just moves the you know also gives us clarity and it and it just helps to sort of untangle the energy because it always feels so strong inside of us that when it gets out onto form onto a page or something like that it it changes it softens and it uh, helps to uh, begin the release process mm -hmm. and don't you don't have this isn't a letter that you're sending to the person this is for your eyes only um, you can bury it in the backyard. You can burn it in the sink with, you know, with any level of ritual that you'd like to do, you know, a prayer, a meditation, an invitation to higher wisdom to help the energy completely be transformed into forgiveness. Exactly. Please hear that loud and clear. This is not a letter we send. Right. It's a letter we use to cleanse ourselves. Right. We might have a letter to send someone after we've done what Lori just described with the fuck you letter, there might be something to send to someone, but it's not going to be a fuck you letter if the fuck you letter has served its purpose. Yeah, that a fuck you letter doesn't actually get anywhere good anyway. So no, no. <laughs> okay. except as a release process yeah. in our relationship with ourselves. Yeah, to another person. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. 
<clears throat> uh, let's see. So, harvestable gifts. Um, you might be at a place where you can harvest gifts from an unacceptable life experience, or you might not yet be there. Uh, but in my in my experience, until I have ultimately, not necessarily today, sometimes not even this week or this month or this year, but ultimately harvested gifts that are greater than the damage that I feel was done to me, than the pain that I feel like I'm in, it's hard for me to reach forgiveness. So the the tip there is that even though what I'm saying is not true for everyone, and Lori's going to explain a different variation on this, but um, for me, uh, even, um, even though there are times when I am in deep pain over something, what I have found over and over again is that uh, I have reached a place where I am able to be in the present in a way that is no longer harmed by the unacceptable that occurred in the past. When the gifts that I have gained from the unacceptable life experience are greater and more precious to me than the pain I experienced or the unacceptability of what happened. Yeah. So harvesting gifts is a potential part of the forgiveness process, depending on whether you resonate with that the way that I do. Right. And um, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I don't feel like that is um, th that doesn't have to happen in every case for me. Uh, I, I'm okay with forgiving before the gifts are harvested um, because I'm doing it, you know, for the release that we've already been talking about for myself. And it's really releasing the tension and the judgment or feeling wrong or victimized even before I might get to know what the harvestable gifts are that I'm getting in return. Um, because the first gift really is the liberation of letting go. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, that's like, the first thing that I get to get to have when I start out in this way. The other thing is we had a situation that happened some weeks ago and it was, uh, it required some forgiveness on both David and my part. And mm -hmm. it was different for both of us. And what I learned in the, in the period of time where it was all happening is that, Oh, this is what it means to, um, to offer mercy. I didn't know what that meant before. I, I, I've been watching mercy. I don't, you know, there's not a huge number of examples of mercy <laughs> in the world today. Um, but there have been some that I've seen, but they, they didn't feel very close to, you know, me using it in that way, right? So this, what dropped in when I was really sort of holding this piece and, and doing the forgiveness work is what, you know, is forgiving now before I have anyone respond in a way that I wish they would respond or, um, you know, having restoration come around, you know, like as soon as I forgive, which I didn't, you know, I didn't get the way I wanted it to be. I, I realized that it was mercy to, to love as before, <laughs> even though this thing happened. 
And, uh, and so I, I believe that mercy and forgiveness are not terribly far apart. Um, mercy for ourselves, mercy for others. And I had, I've had to look that word up a couple of times to just, and then just let it sort of seep into me to understand like what it, it's the essence of its meaning is. I mean, we all, I, you know, probably we all know what the meaning is, but to feel its meaning inside is, you know, in, in an embodied way is different. And this situation taught me that. So that was a harvestable gift. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get any, uh, I didn't get any satisfaction from anything outside of myself in, in, um, in this situation. So. Right. Right. Uh, because this was this was uh, the type of situation where it involved um, a desire for a different response, and it wasn't forthcoming. And a desire for a different resolution, and it wasn't forthcoming. So both Lori and I uh, had our own work to do in um, in releasing. I had work to do in releasing my attachment to what I wanted. Oh, me too. The yeah. outcome to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the other thing is, is that when I was connected, when, you know, when I am, I, I'm, I'm referencing back to what I went through. Uh, when I was connected to source, there wasn't any attachment. When I got disconnected, I was, I was attached to wanting, you know, there to be a, a, a you know, a response from the other person from in the circumstance in the way that I thought it should be right. and you know that didn't that doesn't get me very far and for me that's another variation on what I was talking about earlier about looping anger right right yeah. cool uh, I'm we're, we're this is a longer episode it's turning out so we say that every time <laughs> I know so I I think I'm going to dispense with the details of the experience I was going to share because what you just shared was an experience we both shared, we both had yeah. together. Um, uh, so I, I think we're good there. The only, uh, the only thing I'll add partly to prepare, uh, to pave the way for a comment I'll make in our, in our takeaways is that uh, a lot of, a lot of what calls for forgiveness is experiences that Lori and I, and I'm particular, I am in particular, am fond of calling AFGOs, A-F-G-O. Uh, AFGO is an acronym, and I'm going to do the, the um, polite version of it. You can, you can fill it in with the raw version of it. AFGO stands for another friggin' growth opportunity. And part of why that's valuable for me is when I, uh, when I remind myself that I'm in, a, in the middle of an AFGO, it lightens something in me so that I'm able to deal with that situation in a less heavy, less intense way than I do if I don't remind myself about that. Right. And, and you know, all of this kind of work that we're talking about and as far as connecting to our higher presence and, and anything that disconnects us is, is ready to be returned to the feet of love in order to stay connected more and more. If we do it in a way that is more lighthearted rather than heavy and burdensome, um, it's just so much easier to keep to keep doing the work and to catch all the little cracks and crevices where the energy hangs out um, so that we're really we're walking a path of our wholeness, of our completeness, 
of, of, you know, living into the full amount of love that we are and self-sovereignty. So that's the first takeaway that we want to offer. The second is just a reminder of something we actually covered earlier, so I'm not going to spend time on this, but just as a reminder, if you don't know what's in you to forgive, start accumulating a list. Do a grievances inventory. And notice if revenge or manipulation energy comes up in you because that's your, the, that information is your clue that something needs healing and something needs forgiveness. Yeah. And just like we don't have very strong muscles for forgiveness, we also don't have very strong muscles for surrender because the human mind thinks if we're surrendered, if we surrender, you know, we're going to be stomped upon and bad things will happen and roofs will cave in and all the things. But actually activating our willingness to surrender our own our own compassion to ourselves surrendering that the other person act a certain way in order for us to feel whole all of those kinds of things there's there's ways of surrendering constantly just like there's ways of forgiving forgiving constantly so the willingness to surrender requiring anything happening in a way outside of us for us to be whole is is the thing to play with on that yes and the final takeaway is uh, is kind of an, an invitation to uh, into prayer or request or summoning our higher self or whatever your terminology is. And uh, I'm going to offer some wording just as a jumping off place because what Lori and I want to encourage you to do is to find your own wording for, uh, for this. Um, and <clears throat> so one way of, of opening up to forgiveness is <clears throat> I don't know what this situation was for. I don't, I, I think I do. I think I know that bad things happen and you know, I have all those judgments, but in truth, I don't, I don't see from the bird's eye view level of uh, what, what this was for other than that it's some kind of AFCO for me to help, uh, to help me become more whole, complete, self-sovereign and more fully connected with the one thing and i ask to be shown this i ask to be shown what this is and the final thing i'll add about that is again from a course in miracles that uh, where there's a section that talks about what it calls a little willingness all it takes to crack open the door for the forgiveness process to initiate to start is a little willingness and the wording that I have actually used at times when I am having trouble summoning the willingness to step into healing or to step toward forgiveness is I am willing to consider the possibility that maybe I'm wrong in how I'm viewing this situation. Beautiful. And I would say, keep your foot in that door. Keep that crack. If you slam it back shut again, then, you know, open it back up again. (laughs) It's going to start all over. And this is where we get into these traps where it's like, oh, this stuff doesn't work, you know, but that it's because we've slammed the door to the stuff that actually does work. So, (laughs) okay, well, that is our episode on facets of forgiveness. And our next episode, uh, which we hope you will join us for, is the difference between trying to fix the illusion, the matrix, as some people call it, and living into the divine plan. 
So we're going to, we're going to just kind of break that, unpack that because I find, uh, I think both David and I find that most people think they're living into the divine plan, but they're actually fixing the illusion and that's a bit futile. So meet us next time and we'll, we'll unpack that. Well, until then, until next time, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing so that you can keep living more and more fully as homo spiritus.